Good day, and welcome to Majesco's Future of Insurance podcast series, the series for our ecosystem partners. And today, I'm really happy to have Bob uh, Brady here with us, and he is uh, from Hazard Hub. Um, Bob and I met about two years ago at the Global Insurance Accelerator um, as he was an insure tech startup. And um, it's been a pleasure getting to know Bob, getting to know his business, and um, to have him and um, his solution as part of our ecosystem uh, set of partner apps. So, Bob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Bob, why don't you give a little bit of background about yourself and Hazard Hub and why you started Hazard Hub uh, to begin with as an insure tech startup a few years ago? Sure. Um, I'm happy to. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Hazard Hub. I've spent a lot of time in the insurance business uh, as a provider of data to um, the insurance world. The reason why we started Hazard Hub is because, gosh, it was a while ago now, I had a, I had a flood happen to a family member. And I looked up all the data when I was working for another provider of data in the industry and said, you know, you're not in a flood zone, but you're right near one. Did you know that? And she said, no, no one ever told me. And I, I thought, wow, there's, there's an opportunity for us to do more in helping to educate people about what the risks are around their home. The company I was working for at the time wasn't interested in that piece of the market. Um, but it was one of those itches that you can't quite scratch. And then a couple of years later, I was trying to reprice my homeowner's insurance. And I went to each different company and had to fill out the same pieces of information at the same time. It was really dumb. You know, and I thought, we can use technology to solve this. So I got the band back together with a couple of my former coworkers, and we thought, we've got something here. Let's go do it. And we decided to start a company, and we started Hazard Hub. That's great. So talk about a little bit about Hazard Hub and the data that you guys have, because I, I found when you and I originally met, um, you really understood uh, property data, and yet you were going to approach it differently in how you were going to kind of package some data together, and then also how you were going to make it available to insurers in a different way um, versus how traditionally you know, many of the data providers have, have um, provided data out to the insurance industry, where sometimes it's kind of like the big blob of data, and then you got to kind of sift through and decide what it is that you want. Kind of yep. talk about a little bit about that, uh, Bob, because as you and I both know, data is really the uh, uh, blood uh, of, of the industry and in that it's really the critical component that really kind of drives everything. Well, yeah, it, it, there's really three things that we looked at when designing Hazard Hub. The first is that we want to be as comprehensive as possible. We want to provide you not only with scores, like our wildfire risk score or flood, flood scores, but we want to provide you with all the data that was used to build that score. We'll even give you the schema to, to make sure that you fully understand what it is that went into our model. And you can then either use ours or you can tweak it for yourself. So, Data comprehensiveness was always number one. In doing that, um, and you, you end up needing to make sure that you're really on point with your data. Uh, so the second thing that we wanted to have was a really high degree of data 
visibility and that we wanted people to see our data. The cat and mouse game that so many data providers play with carriers is to me shocking. You know, it's what are you doing? You know, here's the data. Um, and as we develop new data, you shouldn't be penalized just because, you know, you don't necessarily have the funds to pay for it. So, uh, and then the third thing that we wanted to do was to be really easy to deal with. Uh, we know it can be rather challenging to work with some providers in the industry for a variety of reasons. Uh, and because we were a startup, we had a choice to make. And the choice is that we're going to be as, as flexible as we can, super flexible in helping our customers and super flexible in contracting around those issues to make sure that they have full access to our data without a, a whole lot of contractual nonsense that goes on. So in, in, in thinking about those three things, it led us to do a couple of things. The first is that our entire system is API-based. Uh, we were on the API um, bandwagon very, very early. Really what we were doing, as, as part of my experience outside of the insurance industry, is I worked for, uh, I built Live Nation's email infrastructure. I worked for Expedia as their global director of customer communications and really had a very heavy tech background in terms of using APIs to swap data very quickly. So what we figured out is that the industry really is behind on API adoption. So we decided we're gonna be early. You know, <laughs> just, just like on this podcast, Hazard Hub showed up early. Uh, exactly. Because that's what we do. You know, we, we don't build things because people want them. We build things because we see something that we think can we can figure out and we'll wait for everybody to catch up. So we started with APIs very, very early. And what it does, it gives us incredible flexibility in providing data. You can get all of it, you can get some of it. Uh, it makes it really easy to work with us. As, as your developers told us at the, um, at, at the event in Savannah, um, we love working with your API because it, it's really well structured and it, it, it's really easy to understand. Um, and then the third is that it allows us to be very flexible contractually because there aren't a whole lot of different places that we have to go to get our data. It's all one pool. Uh, so it's a, it's a, um, it was a conscious decision to go down the technology path. Uh, it, 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 it has its downside in that, we're we're so open about our data we'll say hey try it out and then someone will go my house has a fire hydrant near it and you didn't find it i'm like okay that's an objection that you're not going to have to deal with if you hide your data but it's an objection that we're happy to handle yeah you know you talk about that uh, being that kind of very forward thinking uh perspective from a technology standpoint that was really what we were as it relates to the digital first eco exchange yep. um, because it was a really different approach to how do we partner with people versus the, the long held approach by um, uh, vendors in the industry with um, data providers or other capabilities that it was a point to point integration. And every time we had to upgrade our system or we or the partner upgraded their system, we had to relook at the, the maintenance of that of that integration and it just ends up being very costly in the long run and we took that um, very early approach as well from an API standpoint you know with the um, with the eco uh, eco exchange hub 
um, so that we could really kind of have the partnerships that were really uh, uh, dynamic um, um, bind uh, to be able to use those very much like what Apple has done with, with the App Store for Apple, kind of our marketplace now with the different apps. So it's been early um, um, for us as well, and it was so great working with you because you guys were very early in that in that viewpoint. Um, what do you see the value for the industry and for Hazard Hub by both of us being early and bringing this out to the marketplace in a different way? It's it's been a little slow, you know, to to get people to understand because it's a little bit of an education process. But I think. I think people are starting to see the real value of this, and I think APIs are going to become the way of, um, of the wave here in the next 12 to 18 months in the industry. What's your thoughts? Well, you know, the insurance business has been around for a long time, and it's been very successful without a lot of fancy technology. I mean, some of these legacy systems are still holdovers from the 80s, for crying out loud. Um, so I think that the industry's caution is one that's rooted in the fact that they've been successful by being cautious. That said, the emerging um, insure techs who are writing policies, you know, the hippos and the, and the kins and folks like that of the world are not really doing anything extraordinary except leveraging API technology. They are data ninjas and they are API ninjas in a way that traditional carriers just aren't. You know, I, I had to do a mileage verification form uh, for my carrier today and I had to write it on a piece of paper and send it back in a prepaid envelope. I'm like, why is this not on the website? You know, why is this not here? And as people, especially younger people, start to move into the market where they need more sophisticated, um, policies beyond renters policies, the companies that really master the use of APIs will be the companies that win. Um, it's not to say that, you know, other companies won't, but the APIs open up a whole world of flexibility for the carrier and the insured um, and the partner to really sharpen their tools in terms of what's possible for the customer. Uh, so I, I wholeheartedly agree. And yes, we're early, you know, how can you tell the trailblazer, you know, he's the guy with all the arrows in his back. It's like, I don't mind. I don't mind being a trailblazer. I'm a patient guy. That that's kind of what we think as well. And I think what's interesting um, to your point, um, it's the insure techs that have started up an MGA or maybe a full stack insurer that are really looking at um, technology differently and how it can really create a different kind of experience and a process and not follow the same process that we've always used for the last 30, 40, 50 years. Oh. Um, and I think what's interesting in the last couple of years that we've seen is that it's moved beyond the insure tech startup. We're now seeing existing insurers, yes, they still have some of that legacy system or they may have implemented an on-premise um, modern, uh, a modern uh, system. Mm -hmm. Now they're trying to figure out how do they get new products to market really rapidly in weeks versus months or years so that they can start to compete against uh, some of those. And I think um, one of the things that we've been tracking is with the NEIC, um, the sandbox uh, environment where um, each of the states and Kentucky just uh, uh, announced their approval of um, a sandbox for Kentucky 
to actually monitor, innovate a product in a sandbox rather than having to wait for all the rulings to go through. I think those things are going to really um, accelerate on the um, incumbent insurer side that they need to start thinking how are they going to um, innovate new products using new data sources like yourself and new technologies like digital first to get there. And I think that's the real value that InsurTech has really brought over the last uh, four years. And I'm curious as to your view, um, you know, how that um, your period of time where you started Hazard Hub and where you see the future kind of evolving and what we've learned from InsurTech that we can apply to the broader industry. Uh, you know, the, the state uh, sandboxes are really encouraging. Um, and um already been in touch with the folks from Kentucky to figure out how we can play in that sandbox. Uh, but it, what it is, it's, it's the tip of the spear. You know, think about the insurance process right now. You have people on the front end of a policy sitting on Google Maps trying to figure out where the fire station is. You know, why? Why are you so inefficient in this process? So what I look at and what I've seen is that more people are finally saying, this is kind of dumb. You know, we have a thousand people a day coming to our website looking for things like where's the fire station and where's the fire hydrant, which is telling me that, that they just can't find it in other places efficiently. And so to me, it's how do we eliminate the, the dumb questions, necessary questions, but questions that are easily answered by third-party data. And the companies who master that and then can bring that into the market are the ones who are going to have a pricing advantage. Now, does it mean it's going to be an insure tech? No. Does it mean it's going to be an incumbent? No. It's going to be the people who can master that data and master the efficient use of technology that will get pricing advantages that can mean very big things for uh, their business. And so it's, you know, how, I mean, it, betting on the future is, is probably not the highest and best use of my time or else I'd have been retired maybe 20, 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> but, but for me, it's all about, you know, people are finally starting to wake up to where other industries were maybe three or four years ago, where the transfer of data, um, will give you a competitive pricing advantage. And if you learn to use that faster, the faster you're going to take on that advantage. Yep, exactly. To me. So, to me. <laughs> yeah. So as you continue to evolve your business um, from a hazard hub standpoint, um, where do you see um, hazard hub going and how do you see it fitting into the future of insurance, um, uh, Bob? And what's your kind of vision of that? Well, there's a couple of things. The first is that state regulators um, are a barrier to change. Uh, and that's a, there's probably a really good reason for that. Um, but seeing states get a little more technically adept is, is really, really encouraging. So for the future of, of Hazard Hub, I think that more comprehensive data you know, filling in our hydrant network, we're over 10 million hydrants, we want to get to 12, you know, filling that in, it's a painful process. Uh, providing more data 
that helps to understand what the risks are around a property and being better about those risks uh, is the future of Hazard Hub. What I really want to, what we're gonna launch next will be something for agents to consume. So they can see what those risks are before entering it into uh, a system. But then where I really wanna go is I want every homeowner to know what the risks are of any properties that they're purchasing. So um, it may take the form of Hazard Hub, it may take the form of a different type of a company, uh, but we're consumers first, you know, we're buyers of this stuff. We think about this as a buyer of technology, as a buyer of these services, not as, you know, an insurance company or an insure tech. We think about it as somebody who buys homeowner's insurance in an area that's got a lot of wildfire around it. So we, um, we always think about consumer first um, and then fill in the business policies um, on the back end. So I think that long-term, I want every person in America to know what the risks are around their property, which is just a small yep. goal, but every single one of them, I want them all to know. That would be great because I know with all the, the different kinds of risks that um, have um, evolved just the last 12 months alone between the winter storms, the floods, um, the fires uh, last fall out in California, um, we can use that that data as as homeowners to be able to better understand our risks and protect against that. Yeah, it's like, um, and I, I, you know, you're, you're, in the, you're in the Midwest. And there's a lot of flood in the Midwest. It's like if you have a basement, yep. make sure you change your sump pump batteries every six months. You know, it little yep. things like that that you can't necessarily stop Mother Nature. We can't tell you that a that a tornado is going to come into your neighborhood. We can tell you that your neighborhood is is, is got a higher risk for tornadoes, but have a storm cellar. You know, if you if you're if you've got risk of flood, make sure your sump pumps are, are are backed up. Little things to help consumers protect their biggest investment, which is usually their home. Exactly, exactly. I think that's a really great um, uh, perspective because it really ties to something that we've talked about <clears throat> that we see very different with a number of the more innovative um, um, business models that are emerging in the marketplace for insurance. And that is, is they're taking an outside-in perspective. They're starting from the customer and the consumer and defining the business and the process from their perspective, not from an internal um, um, insurance company perspective or how we've always done business. And I think those are going to be the companies like yourself that are really going to help transform the business to really be um, customer-driven, um, something we've all talked about but have not necessarily achieved. It, it, it's, you know, uh, I appreciate the tough position that carriers are in because it's all well and good to be the fun and friendly insurance provider until you deny a claim, you know, and then you get into the, the, the claim blame game. That's a tough spot to be in. It's a very difficult spot. So I think insurers have been reluctant to be more consumer friendly because at the end of the day, they may have a very adversarial relationship. I think that's tradition. It's tradition. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. It's just how the industry has grown up. People's expectations are changing and the industry will adapt. And the people who adapt the best are the ones who are going to win the most. Exactly. So to kind of wrap this up, Bob, um, if you could pick one word to describe the future of insurance, what would that be? Customization. Um, I think that 
with so much data and, and not just data from us, uh, but so much information becoming available that you'll be able to have much more customized insurance products for you as the insured. Um, for example, I travel all the time. You know, a customized travel insurance policy would be something I'd be like, hey, this is great. You know, it, it's, it's it, instead of buying it from the airline every single time, why can't I have a policy that helps to um, infill that risk for me? And that's the kind of stuff that that high degree of customization, and some might not require it. You know, some might be like, hey, you're great. But much more customization, I think, is the, is the key to the future. Great. Well, Bob, um, I am so glad that we had the, um, the meeting, uh, that we got to meet each other a couple of years ago, um, which has evolved. Can you believe it's, being, been two, um, it, it's been two years? I know. Can you that? I know. It, it has been. And I remember every, every, uh, every partner that um, I've met, I remember exactly where I met them. So it's, it's amazing um, how much has changed and how much has moved forward, but how much more we can do as an industry and as providers of technology to the, uh, to the industry to really help them move towards the future of insurance. So I'm looking forward to the future together and how together we can help enable um, our joint customer base to really kind of innovate and to um, move towards that future, which I think is gonna be really exciting and really provide a tremendous lot more value to the ultimate customers that we all wanna to serve to manage and, and hopefully minimize their risk. Yeah, you know, listen, we're here to help. Whatever we can help uh, you with or your customers with, just ask. We're here to help.